I know you wonder. Wonder is the beginning of wisdom. My mantra is to rather have a mind opened by wonder than the one closed by belief. True for you too, right? You've heard so many a times about metabolizing enzymes, enzyme inducers, enzyme inhibitors. What is the actual phenomena governing all this theory? Like a barn owl, let's swoop down on this mouse to light up the prevailing darkness. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. I've talked so many times about non-synthetic reactions, especially I talked about in my last episode. Do you remember oxidative reactions? Yes, these are mainly carried out by a group of monooxygenases in liver. Mixed function oxidases, capital MFOs. They metabolize a large variety of compounds. The most important of these is the super family of the heme proteins, cytochrome P450 enzymes. They metabolize environmental chemicals, diet, and drugs. A complex process occurs. One molecule of oxygen is incorporated in a drug molecule. A chemically active hydroxyl group is formed and other oxygen atom that forms the water. Apart from hydroxylation, other oxidative reactions are oxygenation. Well, they can occur at carbon, nitrogen or sulfur atoms. They can take place nitrogen or oxygen dealkylation, oxidative deamination, etc. Primarily, oxygen atom insertion leads to the formation of highly reactive intermediates made by superoxide, quinone, epoxide, etc. And later, yes, eventually they stabilize. Drug metabolizing enzymes can be microsomal, they can be non-microsomal. Microsomal have their dwelling huts in the smooth endoplasmic reticulum. They are named as cytochrome P450 owing to their capability to combine with carbon monoxide and lead to the product formation having absorption peak at 450 per centimeter. Microsomal enzymes are non-specific in action. They can be induced, they can be inhibited, etc. If found on rough endoplasmic reticulum, they contain ribosomes which are involved in protein synthesis. Glucronyl transferases, it is also a microsomal enzyme for your kind information. On the contrary, non-microsomal enzymes, they have their abodes in cytoplasm, liver, mitochondria and plasma. 
They catalyze phase two reactions, but mind it, they are not catalyzing the glucronide conjugation. That's not their job. Got it? Mainly enzymes to count upon your fingers, they are monoamine oxidases, amidases, esterases, conjugases, and transferases. You cannot induce, you cannot inhibit these, but yes, they can be subjected to genetic variations. Classically, just remember about the acetyltransferase, pseudocholine, esterase enzymes. Okay, next, let's talk about the P450 cysteins. Yes, they serve as the eye catcher. Why? Because it's their responsibility to metabolize many endogenous compounds. Say lipids, say steroids. They also bear the headache to biotransform exogenous stuff like carcinogens, drugs, pollutants of our environments, etc. Cytochrome P450, I told you, is a super family of heme containing enzymes. They have their heart at mainly liver and gastrointestinal tract, though, yes, at other cells too. Two features related to these are the discussion top heads for the day. The first one is the nomenclature. Say, we have CYP, I'm saying capital CYP3A4. So, following the capital CYP is an Arabic number and that is representing this family. That is a 3. Then we have a capital letter A. That is a subfamily and next to it is a numeral that denotes specific isozyme and here it's 4. Next, I want to talk about the specificity and the genetic variability of these isoenzymes. CYP450 isoenzyme, they have the capability to influence large number of structurally diverse substrates. One drug may be a substrate in a plate of more than one isoenzyme. Yeah, that's a tough thing, but that occurs. Enough CYP3A4 stores are domiciled in intestinal mucosa and they bear the work to cause the first pass or systemic metabolism of drugs like chlorpromazine and clonazepam, etc. When I say genetic variability, I mean a great parity occurs amongst the individuals and the races, which leads to a great parity in the drug efficacy and adverse effects, risk, etc. One good to code example here is capital CYP2D6. It is famous for demonstrating genetic polymorphism. Once mutated, low capacity it has to metabolize the substrate. That is the effect. Say you administer codeine, which is an opioid analgesic, to a person and he obtains no benefit or no effect. Why? Because he lacks the capital CYP2D6 enzyme, which is very, very important to activate the drug codeine. I hope you understood this whole mechanism and the importance of the genetic polymorphism. Capital CYP2C subfamily also shows such tantrums. Well, 
that's i call these tantrums only if you have a better word do let me know okay have you noticed the warning on the cloppy doggerel drug information pamphlet the capital cyp 2c9 poor metabolizers they should be having a low effect rather a low antiplatelet effect and they better opt for a good alternative drug well that's the warning given on the cloppy doggerel drug information pamphlet so again that's a good example to show the importance of genetic polymorphism now next quickly i'll be summarizing the profile for various families of isoenzymes the first one is the capital cyp3a4 or 3a5 it metabolizes almost half of the xenobiotics God, yes, we said the golden term today also. Now, these are found in liver, kidney, intestine, and the inducers, they are barbiturates, carbamazepine, phenytoin, rifampicin. The inhibitors, they are erythromycin, clarithromycin, ketoconazole, verapamil, etc. The second I want to talk about is capital CYP2D6. It metabolizes around 20 to 30 percent of drugs. The inducers are not much accountable, but the inhibitors, well known, are floxetine and curatine. Next, I want to talk about a CYP2C8 or 2C9. 10 percent drugs are metabolized. Some have low margin of safety, like warfarin. The wonderful inducers are barbiturates, rifampicin, and Again, inhibitors, they are not much accountable, but they can be fluconazole and fluvastatin. Next, I want to talk about is capital CYP2C19. Diazepam, omeprazole, they are the substrates for these. They are induced by barbiturates, rifampicin, and again, inhibitors, they are not much known. I want to talk about capital CYP1A1, 1A2. Drugs like theophylline, warfarin, paracetamol, they are in the substrate plate for this enzyme. They are induced by many drugs, pollutants, procarcinogens, rifampicin, smoking, charcoal, broiled meat, etc. Last, I want to talk about capital CYP2E1, general anesthetics alcohol paracetamol they are its substrates they are induced by chronic alcohol consumption and inhibited by disulfiram now i'm not giving in i'm not giving up but yes the clock is striking half past eight it's a time to realize that we have had enough for this tough tuesday and let's pack it all in for all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.ispharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about the medical sciences, drug information updates, and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name, Is Pharmacology Difficult? If you are listening for the first time, do follow and subscribe whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned 
to rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.